welcome to Daily in the Word. This is Rich Chassie. I'm your host and teacher. Today we continue in John chapter 6. We'll begin in verse 16. This is after Jesus had fed the 5,000 or more than likely well over 10,000 people. The crowd had wanted to crown him as king at that point, but Jesus went off by himself so they couldn't find him. He had sent his disciples in a boat, Mark's gospel tells us. They went out on the lake trying to cross over to Capernaum. It was at nighttime, and as Jesus withdrew to pray, he was also able to watch at a distance the struggles of the disciples in that boat. So let's go ahead and read the text, beginning in verse 16 of John chapter 6. We will be reading until verse 40. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water. They were frightened. But he said to them, It is I don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there, and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, 
but raise them up the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. As we go back now to his walking on the water, Mark's gospel fills in some of the blanks for us that helps us to understand what's going on here in the text in John. In Mark's gospel, we learn that Jesus had gotten his disciples to get into the boat and to sail on without him. Jesus went back up into the mountainous area. This area on the Sea of Galilee was there were some high hills that were right there on the coast. And so he was able to go up into the hills and see them from a distance as they struggled on the lake. And they struggled into the night. It was probably after 3 a.m. where Jesus finally went out to them walking on the water. The wind had kicked up and was blowing against their direction, the direction in which they wanted to travel. And so it was very difficult for them. John says that they had rowed for three or three and a half miles. They were in the middle of the lake when this happened. And of course, they're terrified as they see Jesus walking on the water. Again, Mark's gospel tells us that they thought Jesus was a ghost, which is odd to me, but Jesus reveals to them that it was indeed him, Jesus, who was approaching them on the water, miraculously walking on the water. They welcomed him into the boat. And the text says immediately the boat reached the shore, which was another form of this miracle. It wasn't just Jesus walking on the water, but also the transfer of distance. They were in the middle of the lake, and then immediately, John says, the boat reached the shore. These signs of the feeding of the 5,000 which was a very public event, and now this very private event meant just for his disciples to once again show the sign, to once again reveal to all those who saw that Jesus is indeed from the Father, that not only does he have the authority and the power to multiply bread and fish, but he also has the the power, the authority to walk on water, to do things in nature, to accomplish things that no other person could ever dream of doing, and again verifying that Jesus is indeed the Son of God. Now, the people back where they were fed wanted more. I mean, this was a great show for them. They they were thrilled by this. Their bellies got to be filled with the food and They wanted more of this, and so they started to chase him. They started to find out, where is he at? When they figured out that Jesus wasn't there any longer, when they figured out his disciples weren't there any longer, they got on boats themselves and went looking for Jesus, figuring that he had gone back to Capernaum. Remember, Capernaum was kind of Jesus's home base in the north, so it was a good guess for them to think that, and that's that was the direction that they saw the disciples sail in. So they went in search of Jesus and in search of another miracle. Now when the crowd found Jesus, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus avoids that question and basically says to them, 
listen, you're not looking for me because of the signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. They asked him, what must we do to do the works that God requires? Because Jesus had spoken to them about eternal life. So now the conversation changes from earthly food to heavenly food. And they ask this question, what must we do to do the works that God requires? This is a familiar question in the New Testament. I think of the Philippian jailer, what must I do to be saved? They're asking, what works does God require that we might be saved? And Jesus answers, the work of God is this, it's, and it's not even a work. It's simply to believe in the one that he has sent. God has sent his son, Jesus. If you want to know what it is that God expects of you, it's simply to believe, simply to accept, to put your trust, to put your faith in the one who sent Jesus and God the Father, to put your faith in what Jesus has done for us. That's all it is. There are no other works that are required by God, that once you put your faith in him, once you trust him, He then will come into your life, he will save you, make you one of his own, and then you will live your life accordingly. But all that's required is that you simply believe. In verse 30, when it says, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? Were they blind? Did they forget what happened 24 hours before with the feeding of the 5,000, the the 10,000? that were there on that hillside, it, it's like they, they missed it. They don't, they don't want to see it, even though it's right in front of them. So what will you do? They, they said, our ancestors ate the manna in heaven in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And so they're asking, okay, Moses told us there was one coming after him. Are you the one? And if you're greater than Moses, you must do things that are greater than Moses. And so big deal, you fed us, but it was just one meal. It was one day. Moses gave us manna from heaven for decades. You know, what is another sign? Jesus responds, listen, it wasn't Moses who has given you this bread from heaven. It was the Lord himself. It is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So like the woman at the well in John chapter 4, when Jesus was speaking of this life-giving water, verse 34, they said, Sir, always give us this bread, just like the woman at the well wanted that water, but they weren't even sure what they were asking for. Jesus declares in verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. They're always looking for one more sign. They're always looking for one more miracle, one more thing to show us. And they wouldn't believe. They just wouldn't get it. They didn't understand. They didn't want to see it. Jesus goes on, verse 37, all those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. 
And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up that last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. These last few verses speak powerfully to the sovereignty of God, that God knows and understands those who will come to him and all those who come to him are the ones that the Father has given to the Son, and the Son will give them eternal life, everlasting life. It's not a might be so or maybe so, it is a done deal. For the Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up that last day. What a promise that we have in Jesus, from Jesus, that he is our bread of life. And since we have put our faith and our trust in him, and it's just a simple faith, for those whom God has called, it is easy to grasp the concept that what Jesus has done for us provides us eternal life. And so, Lord, we thank you We thank you that Jesus is the bread of life for us, that by coming to this earth and by paying the penalty for our sin, by rising again from the dead, we have this great hope, we have this great promise from Jesus himself, that by believing in him, we would have eternal life. We thank you for that eternal life that we get not when we die, but when we cross that line of faith. Lord, thank you that our Savior was the master over all of creation, that simply by speaking, he could do these incredible, miraculous signs and wonders to verify, to prove that Jesus is who he said he is. And the testimony of all of these disciples who followed him, who were witnesses of these events, who were willing to die to say that, yes, Jesus really did accomplish all of these things. If it were fake, if it were a hoax, they wouldn't be willing to die for something they knew was a lie. And so, Lord, increase our faith. Help us to believe all the more. Help us to trust you all the more. To readily accept that you are the Son of God. And may we be willing to share that faith that we have in you with others around us who need to know. Lord, I pray that we would not be just willing to accept religion and the going through of the motions and just attending and Lord, that we would be fully invested in wanting to know you and knowing your word, because in knowing your word, we can know you. We love you, we praise you, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before we close today, I want to remind you of one of the Bible study techniques that we used today, and that is comparing texts that tell similar stories or contain similar themes. We looked at the Gospel of Mark even briefly, 
just to help us to understand, to fill in some of the blanks that John doesn't tell us. It's a very common thing to do. It's something that we can, as we're reading the text, we can look at the notes and see where the story is told in other places. By reading those other stories, those other accounts, it helps us, again, to fill in the blanks, to help us to understand what happened as Jesus was walking on the water there. So I want to encourage you to pay attention to those notes because they can be helpful in helping us to understand what was going on as Jesus was walking on the water, as Jesus was feeding the 5,000. Those are stories that are repeated in the other Gospels as well. Thank you for listening in today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. I pray that you have a great day today. We'll see you again next time here on Daily in the Word.